Well, we're home. The, uh, um, the praying, the many, many searches, the uh, Freedom to Grow, where we started the capital campaign some years ago, um, the different starts and stops that we did along the way, and then the purchase of the building, which was a pretty stressful endeavor, and then finally being able to get it fixed up well enough that we can move in today. Uh, I think that what we want to keep in mind is that we did this not because of our ideas or our vision or our planning. We did this because we believe that Jesus called us to minister to Bloomfield and the towns that surround Bloomfield. And so today is a joyful day because we followed Jesus here today. And I'm super excited about that. There's a couple of things I want to make sure that we, <clears throat> we walk through. The first is that uh, this is not the end of the campus. We haven't gotten the campus fixed up the way we wanted and then uh, moved in. This is uh, about one third of the way where we wanna go in terms of the different buildings and what we have to do uh, to get things the way that, that we want them to be. Um, so as you are in this process, it's all part of that, that process, a continued working process that we're in. The second thing I want to make sure that we understand is that at Skyline, we practice not having opinions about one another. That means we don't, we don't have opinions about each other's hearts, why people do things. We don't have opinions about the way they dress. Uh, they don't answer to us. They answer to God. And so uh, today, I want to make sure you understand that we apply that same principle to our campus. And I was going to try to present this in such a way that it wasn't personal. This is actually quite personal. So I, I think to be honest, I need to do that. Um, the, uh, as you walk in and you look around, without a doubt, you're going to do two things. One, you'll dream. You'll see what's here, and you're like, oh, wow, we could do this. And number two, you'll see things that either need to be fixed or aren't just quite right. And uh, so you'll be like, uh, I noticed such and such thing, right? So I, I want you to understand this. If you walk up to me and go, I think, I think that's broken, are we going to leave it that way? I'm probably going to punch you right in the nose. Amen. There is a team of people who have been working really, really hard. Uh, personally, I've been working nonstop for, I think, a month in trying to get things to where we would be able to move in. And so you're, you're not trying to be mean or cruel. Um, you're just noticing things. And so you're free to notice things, and you're free to dream. Just keep it to yourself. Don't share that stuff. Now, if you see things and you're like, man, I'd like to be able to fix that thing, then you uh, can check in with our team to see if that fits everything else we're doing or to see if you fix that. Does it mess this piece up over here? We'd love for you to be able to help. But let's practice not having opinions about the campus. And this will always be true, and this is why. This campus, we do not fix this campus up for us. Don't ever get the attitude or don't ever have this, this way of interacting with the campus like oh, we need it to be to a certain level. 
The team that has been working on this campus has not been working on this campus hoping you would walk in and go, wow, this is really nice. You guys did a good job for us. Because we didn't. This campus is to reach people who don't yet know who Jesus is. That's what it's for. The reason that we're fixed it up is so that you can invite your friends and you can be proud and be able to go, hey, I want you to come to my church. I want you to be able to come to our campus. And when they walk in, they go, wow, these people must really care about this Jesus. This must, this must be really real for them. Does that make sense? It's not for us. It's for the person who's going to walk through the door the next time. So as we get started, I want to make sure that uh, we, we ran those two things by you. Uh, a third thing is, in terms of the flow of the traffic right now, or people traffic, we would like you to use the main entrance to come into the building. These side entrances, we only want to use the children's ministry. We'll use them, and children's leaders will use them. But we ask all of us to come in through those two doors and be able to come in that way. It works, uh, works great for us to be able to do that and keep that flow, keep that flow going. Okay. Uh, today we are kicking off a new series. It's uh, pretty appropriate that this falls uh, to when we very first move into the building. Uh, it's called The Path, and it's about the growth path. Uh, you've, uh, if you've been around Skyline for a while, you've seen that. Uh, if, you, if it's your first time, you'll be introduced to what's called the growth path. And the idea behind the growth path is we want to be able to help people build lives worth living. And I actually know that's what you want to do. You want your life to matter. You want your life to count. Skyline actually targets. We specifically are trying to reach people who want to build a life that's worth living. If, uh, if we meet people who are like, yeah, I don't care. I just want to live for myself, and I don't really care if my life matters at all. I mean, we'll love you and give you a handshake and pat you on the back, but that's not what Skyline's about. Skyline is about becoming a group of people that are helping each other build a life that really matters. And, and I take it for granted that today, sitting here, you want your life to matter. You want to be able to say, at your funeral, you want to be able to see people or have people say, yeah, that person impacted my life. Matter of fact, if we brought you down front, we had you sit right here, and uh, we brought up five or six people, and they came up and they, and they said, you know, you impacted my life this way. This is what you did in my life. This is how my life changed because of you. By the time we got to the fourth or fifth person, your eye, you'd be bawling your eyes out. Because why? Because that's what you want more than anything. When it ever happens to you, if you're a parent and your child comes in and you goes, you know, you're just the greatest mom in the world. I just, you do this for me and I love it. You're just bawling right away. How come? Because that's what we want. At the heart of who we are, we want to build a life that's worth living. So we're going to jump right into what Jesus had to say about that. And this passage we're working from is, is actually the original passage we worked from to build the path. And as we work through the, the mission of Skyline and helping people build their lives on grace, a lot of it comes from this passage. And Jesus is talking to his people. 
And he says, why do you call me? This is in Luke chapter 6, verse 48. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So uh, first of all, if you're here this morning and you came because you want to impact somebody else, um, in other words, you came because they invited you, you really just came because of them. You like to hang out with them and they're here and so you like to be here, but you're not so sure about this Jesus thing. You, um, or maybe your parents, you come because your parents uh, come and you're not so sure about the Jesus. You're not sure if you buy into this. Uh, what I'm going to talk about today is for people who say, Lord, Lord. People who think, you know what? I do believe in Jesus and I do believe that Jesus was the son of God and he should be listened to. What he, what he says matters. If you're here uh, not under that pretense, then you get to really relax, sit back, and go, hey, this isn't for me, but whoever brought you, you get to go, hey, this is for you. All week, when they do things, you get to go, remember what Pastor Chris said? <laughs> it's not for me, that's for you. Um, and get to interact with it that way. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words, which is, by the way, a huge part of Skyline's mission. Skyline exists to help people hear from Jesus. We want people to hear from Jesus. We don't exist so we can get a bunch of people in the room and go, hey, wow, we're great. Look what we have to say. We want people to hear the words of Jesus from Jesus. He says, and puts them into practice. The second part of Skyline's mission is we want people to put them in practice. Why? Because hearing what Jesus has to say doesn't change your life. Following what Jesus has to say changes your life. And I will show you what they're like. So he says, look, I'm going I'm to give you this picture. You want to build a life worth living? Then you hear what I say and you put them into practice. And he says, I'm going to give you a picture of what it's like when you hear what I say and you put them into practice. He says, they are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came and the torrent struck that house. So first of all, I want you to notice this. Floods are coming. And torrents are coming. Floods are, by the way, how many of you this past week? You have a house, it's built on a foundation. Basically, your basement is your foundation. Right? It's built on a foundation, and last week it rained like crazy. How many of you, your flood, your basement leaked? Or you, yeah, there's a few of you. There's always a few of us, right? That uh, there was so much water, it works its way in. This picture's a flood, a literal flood, and then a torrent. A torrent is a wall of water that comes across and pretty much destroys everything in its, in its wake. It knocks it out. So the first thing I want you to notice is this, and most of you have already noticed this. Floods are coming. Floods are coming. Torrents are coming. They come. You may be here, you may be a teenager, and you may be looking forward to your life, and you're so excited about your life. You're so excited about what's going to come, and you've watched other people's lives. You're like, no, I don't want their life. I don't want their life. And you are hoping that floods won't come into your life. That you're going to live your life in such a way that floods will not come into your life. And you're going to... Hopefully that stuff just doesn't happen to me. It's going to happen to you. It's coming. Trouble is coming. This idea that Jesus came so trouble would not come into your life 
is totally false. It's not true. He's the one that said, they're coming. The torrents are coming. You may have dated somebody. And, and as, while you were dating them, you're like, I see a few red flags, but maybe the floods won't come. They came. Or you're so excited about having children. You are so excited about your children. And you're like, we're going to have children. And you think maybe when they're teenagers, they won't rebel. It's amazing that you go from 14 to 24 and you can't remember what you were like when you were 14. How does that happen? I can't believe my kid's doing this. If we had a movie camera, I'd be like, you were worse. Right? Floods are coming. In my wife, my, my, my wife and I's life, our first major torrent came when she was 20. She came down with arthritis. Hugely impacts our life. I don't know how she does it. She is in pain every day. And it's, the worst part is it's totally unpredictable. She makes plans. And she can make a plan for tomorrow. She can feel okay. Get up in the morning, be okay. Two o'clock, back in bed. Totally unpredictable. Can't plan. Always in pain. It stinks. It's horrible. You talk about a life worth living, you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. For others of you, it's financial hardship. You went to school, you studied hard, you worked hard, you got the job, and now maybe a robot does your job. Like your career is not there. Or you had a job for 15 years. Things were great. It was beautiful. And then you got laid off, and now you can't find another job. Not because you didn't prepare, not because you didn't do things right, but because floods come. They come. Or maybe you've had medical things come into your life where you have bills that have just, it's a torrent, it's wiped you out financially. Sometimes people are in business, business with a partner, and the partner steals from you or rips you off. Things out of your control, sometimes things in your control. Tragedy, cancer, relationships. Man. The floods that come with relationships. The, 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 the drama, the pain that comes with relationships. It's coming. It's already come. And it's interesting. I wrote down here the star that broke the camel's back. Many times there's flood after flood after flood. And you take it. And you're doing okay. You're doing okay. You're doing okay. And then this little thing happens. It just destroys your life. Floods are coming. The picture here is when you dig down deep and you lay the foundation on a rock, something that cannot be moved, something that is not impacted by water or torrents, Think of the waves. The most beautiful pictures, ocean pictures, are when the waves come and they hit a, a, a rock wall. 
because those waves are so strong. And if you were standing there, it's going to wipe you out. If a house was standing there, it's going to wipe it out. But it hits that rock wall and that wave goes. Why? Because the rock's stronger than the water. When you dig down deep on something that is solid rock, and when those floods come, and when the torrents come, but could not shake it because it was well built. That's a life worth living. A life worth living is not one that doesn't have failure. Almost always when you ever discover somebody who lives a life worth living, they've had major failure. They've had major floods. They've had major torrents in their lives. This is not a life without the flood or without the torrent. They've had that, but they're faithful. They bent. They did not break. They did not quit. They did not give up. There's a guy out there who's doing the uh, parking. And last week I said, uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was a week before that, I said, uh, I need you to lead the parking team. I don't have somebody to lead the parking team. I need you to lead the parking team. If you don't lead the parking team, I'm in real trouble. And uh, his name's Joe Dennis. That's not the first time I've done that to Joe Dennis. You know why? He's not my rock. He's a man who built his life on a rock. And when I get in trouble, I run to Joe Dennis. He not only symbolically will take care of me and put my house. I got in trouble once and actually moved into his house. That man lives a life worth living. He, it's a man who's built down to the rock. It's a man who protects me. And I know at any time when I get in trouble, he'll take care of me. I actually know he would sell everything he has to take care of me. I know he would. He would sacrifice anything except for that woman in the back. <laughs> Not her. To take care of me. Why? Because when the, lot, when the torrents hit his life, and they do, he's faithful. He doesn't bend. He remains. Why? Because he's built on the rock. And so he doesn't float away. He is a shelter for others. And my definition of a life worth living is not that you have a great life. It's not that I have a great life. My definition of, of a life worth living is someone who has built a life that has now become a shelter to other people. In other words, they not only take the flood and they take the torrent and they stand, but now other people can run under their shelter because they don't float away with that. He says, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice. So you, you know about this Jesus guy. You know about what he said. You might even be really proud that you know what he says. You might even go, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I really, really, really believe in Jesus. But you don't practice what he says. The one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed 
and its destruction is complete. Did you understand something about this house? The house built on the rock and the house built on the sand, they look identical before the rain comes. They look identical before the, front, before the storm. Matter of fact, the one on the sand didn't have to spend any money on the foundation. So it might look a lot better. You may in your life be looking around going, I wish I was like that guy, the guy with the house on the sand. That looks like a beautiful house. That looks like his life is really working. He goes on vacations. He's got, man, he has got the house. They look great before the storm's come. If you hear but you do not practice, if you hear but you do not practice, if you look at God's word as though it's optional, what do I mean? I mean, if you think it's up to you whether or not you will practice what Jesus says, then you hear, but you do not practice. If you believe, no, no, no. If that's what Jesus says, that's what I must do. Now, you may struggle to do it. And you may do well and not so well. But you know, if that's what Jesus says, that's what I'm going to build my life on. If you still are at the place where you're like, okay, I, I know that's what Jesus says, but it's really hard. And you can't do it all. And so if you ever heard a two-year-old or a three-year-old go, hey, mom, mom, I'm going to do that in just a minute. You know what that is? That's rebellion. That is this. Hey, mom, mom, I want to remind you, I'm the boss here. You know I'm the boss, right? You know we do things on my time, right? So when you come to Jesus and you go, okay, Jesus, okay, I'm going to do that. I really am. I really want to. But I can't do it right now. I, I can't give up this guy right now. I, I can't give up the cheating. I can't give up the lying. I can't give up the pornography. I can't do that right now. But I will. You know the word, you've heard the word, but you don't practice the word. You're building your life on sand. And when the rain comes, it destroys your life. Look, I don't understand what happened. I believed in Jesus. I went to church. Uh, we sang the songs. I love the songs. I don't get it. What happened? What happened was you heard the word. And you thought that hearing the word was building your life on the rock. It's not. It's building it on sand. It's kind of the most dangerous sand because you fooled yourself into thinking you've built your life on the rock. So are you building your marriage on the sand or the rock? Are you building your parenting on the sand or the rock? Are you building your career? The way you do your work, the way you interact with work on the sand or on the rock? Are you building your relationship with Jesus? On the sand? Or on the rock? So these words that Jesus says, 
these words he talks about. We're supposed to live them on the word, right? So I have this phrase here. It says, you build your life, a life worth living, by building on Jesus, on grace, and on his promises. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. But first, I have this observation. Jesus has these really amazing promises. I love the promises. One of them is, come unto me all who are tired, and I will give you rest. I want that promise. I want, right now, I want that promise bad. I want that rest. That's what I want. Then it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He goes on to say, no one comes to the Father but by me. You can't have access to God the Father without coming through Jesus. It comes through Jesus. Why is that important? Why do I need access to the Father? Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is the provider The Father is the one who has all the power and all the provision. He has the righteousness. He has heaven. You need access to the Father. But you only get it through Jesus. I like that. I want access to the Father. I want to go. That's good. Another place he says, I have come to give an abundant life. Abundant is like dynamic. It's like dynamite. It's explosive. It's amazing. It's an incredible life. It's not humdrum, oh no, poor me. It is an amazing life. He says, I have come to give abundant life. That's what I'm looking for. Matter of fact, I often think that a life worth living and an abundant life go together. It makes sense to me. A life worth living would be an abundant, abundant life would be a life worth living. That's what I want. Then it says, living water that satisfies your soul. He even goes so far as to say, you'll never thirst again. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift God who, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, which was Jesus, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He talks about it like it's this well that never stops. So that no matter what's going on in your life, it will always keep giving you life. When trouble comes into your life, it will keep giving you, I want that. I want that promise. I want those words to be lived out in my life. Now let's go back to the phrase. You build a life worth living by building it on Jesus. So it's about a person. It's that you trust a person. Not a way of life, not a religion, not a set of standards. It's not that Jesus said, okay, here's the Bible, here's my list of words, you practice these things, do your marriage the way I say, and then it's going to be great. Do parenting the way I say, it's going to be great. Now, you would be a better parent, and you would be, your marriage would do much better if you actually did that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a life worth living. So it's the person. I'm very, very fortunate. I have, a, I have a model for this in that when I was a teenager into my early 20s and then after that, I obeyed my dad because I trusted him. You could have come to me and explained to me 15 reasons why I shouldn't obey my dad. I wouldn't be able to do it. People have asked me, like, uh, hey, you ever think about getting an ear- earring? Nope. How come? I'm not going home (laughs) with an earring in my ear. How come? Because it goes against my dad. Not because he would punish me. I trust him. 
I honor him. How about a tattoo? Not happening. How come? I trust my dad. If my dad doesn't think it's a good idea, I don't think it's a good idea. We first build a life worth living by understanding that the reason that I'm going to follow Jesus' words is because I trust Jesus, the person. It's a conversation between me and the person. It's not a conversation between me and some list. You build a life worth living by building it on Jesus, his grace. In Romans 3, 24, it says, And all are justified freely by his grace. Our entire relationship with Jesus is built on his grace, which means this. He saw us in trouble. And he said, from the kindness of his own heart, not because he saw potential in you, not because he thought you could do something for him, not because you you like, oh, wow, that person would be a great person, great, great Christian. Oh, I could do something with that person. No. No. He saw us for who we were. Selfish, prideful, broken people. He said, I know that they hate me. I know they rebel against me. But out of the goodness of my own heart, I am going to give them what they need. I'm going to fix them. And so he came and he gave his life. And so his interaction with you is that he acts toward you first, then you respond, which is by faith. You trust him for the promises he makes. You trust him for what he will do for you. And then out of that, he changes you and his promises. Our entire relationship with Jesus is built on his promises. What he promises to do for us. And then we trust that he'll do that. So, you build a life worth living by building it on Jesus, his grace, and his promises. But I have this observation. And my observation is this. I'm always looking for Jesus to do the next big thing. I need Jesus to do the next big thing. I I have this thing inside of me, and I think you do too, that says to really achieve a life worth living, I need Jesus to do the next big thing. What do you mean? I did it, I did it with this building thing um, for years. We're tearing down and setting up, tearing down and setting up, tearing down and setting up, which actually was not what bothered me the most. It bothers me a lot because it just takes an enormous amount of work. And, but that's not what bothered me the most. What bothered me the most was on any given Sunday, we would run into trouble that you could not predict. And then you had to deal with that trouble, and it took us away from the mission of what we were trying to accomplish. The other thing is, I really want you to be able to invite people to church and then take them to dinner afterwards. I really want you to take people to breakfast and bring them to church. It's really amazing what people will do when you go, I'll pay for dinner. It's just amazing. It's amazing what I'll do if you'll tell me you'll pay for dinner. (laughs) I want you to be able to focus on people, minister to people, and with this 
with all of that that we do, then you really can't do that. Why? Because if you're going to invite him someplace, but you're not going to get it set up first, there's no place to invite him to. So I'm always asking you to set up and tear down, right? So for years, Lord, we need that. We need it. And in Bloomfield, we need to be able to find it. And that's, that's what he gave to us. But then you're like, we need that. We need that. We need that. We need that. God, I need you to do the next big thing. So then it comes along the building. And you, know, you walk through that process with us. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Yay, we got the building. Ah. <laughs> Two weeks later, I'm like, We need the town to do this. I need these permits. We need this. We need this. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. We got the permits. We got this. So like Traffic. Traffic. Parking. God, I need you to drop a parking lot right across the street. Just drop a parking lot right across the street. That's what I need you to do. Do that next big thing. Right? Right? So, here's the, here, here's the problem. This entire thing of building your life, building a life worth living, is built on, you're going to build it on the rock. The rock is built on who Jesus is, what he has done, and what he is presently doing. That's what it's about. It's not the big, big thing. The next big thing has nothing to do with building your life that matters. We didn't have to have a building. We didn't have to get into Bloomfield. We don't need a parking lot for us to build a church that builds lives worth living. What we need is for Jesus to save us from our sin. He has. What do I mean? I mean, if you trust Jesus, you're going to heaven. If you're going to go to heaven, and you know you're going to heaven, then you can build a life worth living. Why? I can give my life away now. Why? Because I got the next million years to enjoy my life. I don't need to for these 80 years. I can give my life to you, or you, or you. I'm going to, I need Jesus to forgive me. I need to know that I am loved. This week, I mean, this week, some, I don't know if it was Wednesday or Thursday, I hit the wall. Like, when I work on things, people think I'm insane. Like, I just work. This week, I hit the wall. I'm like, no one loves me. My wife doesn't love me. I'm all alone. I can't take another step. But I meant it. Like, I really felt like that. What? No. No, Jesus loves me. And I belong to Jesus. Totally. I'm never, ever alone. That's who he is. That's what he has done. You know what he's doing? He has promised me that he is building a life worth living in me. That's what he's doing. He has promised me that he is making me belong. He has promised me that he is changing me from who I used to be to be just like him. That's what he's doing. 
He has promised you he is going to make you just like him. That's what he is doing. When that flood comes, that's what he's doing with the flood. He has promised you that you have a purpose. The purpose of your life is to build a church that becomes this incredible, safe place for other people. You have a mission. That's what he's doing. Your mission is to help other people come to know who Jesus is. That mission will last for 10 million years. What do I mean by that? When you help someone see who Jesus really is, for 10 million years, they're going to walk up to the podium and go, you see that guy right there? He helped me see Jesus. I'm in heaven today because of that man. That's what Jesus is doing in your life right now. When we live for the next big thing, Jesus, for, for me to live a life worth living, you got to do this. I need this to happen. I need my, my husband has to change. He's got to change. I can't live like this anymore. He's got to change. That's sand. God, my, my, ch- my child cannot have this disease. They cannot have this. I can't live like this. That's sand. God, I, I need money. I need money. I can't live in this apartment anymore. That's sand. God, I need this next big thing to happen. If this next big thing happens, we will have a life worth living. It's all sand. And when you build your life on that and the rains come, it destroys you. When you don't get the permit, you sit there crying like a baby and when someone else needed you, You were so busy, focused on that stupid permit, you didn't have time to be that shelter for that person. And at Skyline, we're going to teach you how to build a life worth living. We're going to teach you how to trust Jesus. We're going to teach you how to build your life on his grace and what he has done for you and what he's doing, not what you can do for him or other people. And when we teach you to do this, you know what's going to happen in your life? You're going to stop looking for that next big thing. You're going to find out that you stand and you don't quit. And while that's happening, you're going to think, my life's not worth anything. You're going to think, you know what? The next big things that are happening in my life, I'm not making a difference. It's not... And then all of a sudden, people are going to stumbling to you. And you're going to discover you're the shelter. You're the safe place. You are the man who people can trust. You are the woman who people can trust. And you will become not only have a life worth living that's abundant but you're going to have a life that will be a shelter to the hurting and the lonely and the needy all because when you build your life on the rock your life stands Lord Jesus thank you thank you for our new home 
But we never, ever want to confuse this building with our home. Our home is you. And you are our rock. Lord, help us to recognize the difference between sand and the rock. Jesus, we give you our lives knowing you will build us a life worth living. In your name we pray. Amen.